today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, the Ontario government is not planning on ripping up the agreement with the beer store that would allow the sale of beer and wine in corner stores. Now, this is an announcement, of course, that uh, Doug Ford made some weeks ago. And uh, the stumbling block seemed to be the fact that there was a 10-year contract in place with the beer store. And for those who uh, need to be reminded, uh, let's keep in mind the beer store is a private entity. I know that a lot of people think, well, the LCBO is owned by the province and so is the beer store. No, it's not. It's actually run by three major breweries. Uh, so they say, yeah, we're just going to rip it up and move on. Marvin Ryder, business professor at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University, uh, joins us to talk about this. Hey, Marvin, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you, Bill. Uh, is it that easy, just rip up a contract and, and go merrily out of your own way? Well, not normally so. And in this specific contract was signed in 2015 by the government of Ontario. Now, granted, it was a liberal government, but it, it doesn't have that little footnote to it. It is the government of Ontario. And it was to cover a 10-year period to the year 2025. I won't try to go into all the details, but there are a couple of key clauses in here. One was that the beer store, owned, as you said, by many breweries, had agreed to invest money into the modernization of their store, something to the tune of $100 million to make them more efficient in a modern age. But also in exchange, they cracked open the door to allowing uh, some distribution of beer and uh, uh, those kinds of spirits in grocery stores, 350 grocery stores to be precise, 450 beer store outlets, but they said, look, we understand you want this, so we'll crack open the door that wide. Now, what does Mr. Uh, Ford want? He wants it available, beer, in all grocery and variety stores. That's 10,000 stores across the province. And so he has announced through a piece of legislation that he wants to dramatically change this. I would suspect the beer store and its owners have a great case to make in front of a court. And that, that, that seems to be the major stumbling block here. Uh, we're going to be talking with the finance minister in just a couple of minutes and try to get some clarification on this. But the estimates we've heard, and, and again, we don't know this for a fact, uh, is it could be upwards of $10 million or more in, in, in penalty fees. And, I mean, where's that money going to come from? Well, exactly. I, I would think they'd be actually very lucky if they could get this for $10 million. I think you're talking about nine figures in the hundreds of millions. I don't know. Some people, some nice people even suggest a billion dollars. I'd have to really read the contract in detail to get that number. But I, I also don't really understand the big motivation here. I do get the understanding that if it's available in 10,000 stores, I, Doug Ford, am delivering convenience to the consumer. Great. But you're not actually going to deliver any more revenue. In other words, we're going to take the existing sales and spread them over the, the stores that you've got. You're not going to get more revenue, government, from doing this. So, so what is the big need to do this other than giving people convenience? Was this the big issue when you went door-to-door -door during the campaign last year that people wanted beer in the variety stores? I understand the convenience, but on a priority list of 10 items, this has got to be number 37. But as we've talked about in the past, Marvin, there are a number of people lining up on the other side of this and saying, wait a second, you understand what this is going to cause? Convenience may sound great to somebody on a Sunday afternoon that says, "Hey, you know, my brother-in-law just came over. Uh, let's go to the corner store and get some beer." You know, and sit in the backyard. That that sounds like that's a great scenario. Right. But there are people that concern mothers against drunk driving have some concerns about this. Uh, police have weighed in on this too and said, "I'm not so sure this is such a good idea." Uh, have they balanced all this? Have they weighed yeah. all this in this decision? Well, that's that's a very good question. So, Bill, I said the convenience was the big plus. What are the minuses? And and the first one that comes to my mind is not the mother against drunk driving argument, but simply 
simply one of sustainability. Today, for every 100 beer bottles that go out of the beer store, 97 come back, get cleaned, and reused again. This is a model for the world of efficiency and, and talk about sustainability, not hurting our environment. I have been in California where beer is available in grocery stores and variety stores, but nobody takes empties back. They're all just thrown. They're either thrown into the blue bucket or just thrown into the garbage and, and not used a second or third or tenth time as it goes. It's not terribly efficient, and I think that's a concern. Then you raise the other concern. Will this extra accessibility uh, be just as vigilant? Today, with just 450 locations, beer store employees are very, very vigilant about who they sell the product to. They don't sell to minors. They don't sell to intoxicated people, etc. If you suddenly in 10,000 variety stores, perhaps with people earning you know, minimum wage, perhaps younger people in those stores, will they be as vigilant checking? And, and ultimately, I don't think this should be about increasing consumption of beer. I don't think any government wants to say, we want the population to drink more beer. So that's the, those are the downsides to this. There's another one that is rather fascinating, too, and I don't know that it plays a whole lot with a, a, a large segment of the population, but if you want to go to those corner stores, uh, oftentimes those are mom-and-pop businesses run by families. You know, they buy a franchise for whatever the store might be, uh, and, and they might have younger people working in that store. Uh, are they allowed to sell beer? Yeah, that becomes a great question. I think this is like cigarette sales and smart serve, et cetera. There's probably going to be some, uh, or at least there should be, if not in the bill itself, in the execution of the bill, some guidelines as to who's allowed to sell the beer, uh, what kind of skills they need to have to make sure that the person they're selling it to isn't already intoxicated, etc. By the way, in the United States where they do this bill, they shut down around midnight. They say, okay, as of midnight. But the variety store is open 24 hours a day. So what they do is they go back to the cooler that has the beer in it and they put a big honk and lock on it. But I can also tell you down in the United States when people rob beer store, or excuse me, rob the variety store, rob the convenience store, one of the first things they do is smash the glass in the cooler and help themselves with some beer. There seems to be a little more incentive to rob variety stores when you've got the alcohol right behind the, the glass there. And, and listen, we've seen this in action, and uh, we've talked to the, the convenience store operators of, of the province, and, and I've seen it, actually, and I'm sure you have, too, if you go to some of the smaller communities uh, in, in cottage country. Uh, the corner stores, there are, some of the variety stores actually sell liquor and beer already, uh, because there aren't too many LCBO stores in those particular areas. And I, I've seen it work very efficiently. You're right. They just move a, a great big uh, gate across there and say, okay, we're closed now or we're open or whatever the case might be. But it does raise some concerns about, uh, you know, that's that's once in a while you see a store like that in a town like Craigleith or, or, or uh, Mansbridge or some of these places up here. But in some of the other, now it's going to be at every corner. Uh, does that mean that everybody that works in a variety store now has to have a smart service certificate? Well, you would, you would think they would need something. If not smart serve, that's the pouring of alcohol, at least something that says they understand about the retail sales. We actually have an agency store in the greater Hamilton area, in the Rockton area. I've been to the Rockton Berry Farm, and it serves a number of campgrounds in the area. It's been a nice secondary revenue stream. And, and I think, a, and this is called an agency store, where they're not a complete LCBO or a complete uh, beer store outlet, but they, you know, they serve this as a sideline. I, I think the, the beer store itself was open to that kind of negotiation. Let's see how these first 350 go, and then let's take it farther, perhaps, in 2025. I just don't understand why we need to rip up the contract. This reminds me a bit of Donald Trump trying to erase everything that Obama did. I wonder if Doug Ford is on the same thing. Anything that Kathleen Wynne touched has to now be evil and be ripped up. 
I think it was actually working, and I'll also tell you, Bill, since beer and wine have come into grocery stores, it hasn't been an overwhelming success. In other words, yes, some people buy it there, but it's not been the big volume mover that I think many grocery stores thought it was going to be. So, you know, we need to maybe study this. I like the evolutionary approach. I'm just not sure why we need the revolutionary approach. Uh, uh, one quick question, because I want to get the finance minister going here in just a couple of minutes. Mr. Fidelli is going to join us. Uh, very quickly, in about 30 seconds or so, if they go through with this, and it seems as if this is what they want to do, what does this do to the beer store, that company, the beer store, that private entity? Yeah, so uh, I would think their, their first attempt is going to be to continue to operate as usual, but I guarantee you in a 450 outlet there are some marginal places, and if they lost 20% of the volume, 30% of the volume, 40% of the volume, Uh, Some of those would not be profitable to operate. So I suspect there will be some job losses within the beer store. There would be some closures within the beer store. You can't just add 10,000 locations and not have the 450 you have now have some negative consequences. So it would be a balancing. To, To the point of I don't know whether the beer store would consider closing them all together if they have to support. Think of this from an efficiency standpoint, Bill. I have a truck that visits 450 outlets to fill them up with beer. Now I've got to do 10,000. Think what that means for their distribution costs. I can't help but think that's also going to see the price of beer go up as part of this. Marvin Ryder at the DeGroote School of Business. Thanks as always, Marvin. We'll talk again soon. Glad to be here. Uh, On this same topic, though, we are pleased to welcome to the program uh, Vic Fidelli, the Ontario Minister of Finance, uh, who, of course, is in charge of this particular aspect of the, uh, the policy. Mr. Minister, thanks so much for the time. Great to have you back on the show today. Great to chat with you, Bill. Thank you. Vic, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, costing, first of all. And, and I'll say, just in the interest of full disclosure, I, I don't have a problem with this uh, on, on the surface, but I'm concerned from what I'm hearing from others here about uh, some of the ramifications of this. And one of the first ones is, this is an existing contract. There's usually penalty clauses if you rip up a contract, isn't there? Well, uh, the interesting thing in, in our parliamentary system is that uh, the multinationals know that from one... Uh, uh, from one government to another, uh, our parliamentary system gives us the opportunity to legislate the end to these bad deals, and that is exactly what we will, uh, what we did put in the legislation. Was quite frankly, we're legislating the end of a bad deal, and and Bill, if we didn't do that, this unfair system that's in place today would continue for six more years. And, and that's the other element of this. I mean, because I've heard from especially crap breweries, which, of course, are very much in vogue these days. Uh, and, and this, as we mentioned, is a private entity. It's run essentially by these big three breweries. Very hard to get shelf space, very hard to get any kind of promotional activity going on there. So there, there's an element of fairness to this. But at the same time, if you legislate this, Vic, uh, you've got to still assume that the beer store is going to come back out legally and say, look, we're going to challenge this. Well, uh, that's the interesting part about our parliamentary system and the fact that we can legislate an end to bad deals. Bill, you made an interesting good point. Many people, in fact, probably most people in Ontario, would not know that the government does not own the beer store. We own the LCBO. The taxpayers uh, own the LCBO. We do not own the beer store. It is owned by three global beer multinationals. They've had this, uh, this near monopoly in place for almost a century. Uh, it's, uh, we had a special advisor that was hired uh, whose report that was released yesterday, and in it says, quote, it's a bad deal for Ontario. It stifles competition. It keeps prices artificially high and prevents new craft beer entrepreneurs from getting a, a foothold in the market. Nowhere else in the world 
does ag government give the biggest beer companies this kind of uh, sweetheart deal? I know this was very controversial when uh, then-Finance Minister uh, Dwight Duncan put this deal together some time ago, and, and there was concern about, first of all, the length of it. Uh, and, and basically, I guess it was the basic, at that time, if I recall, and just doing this off the top of my head, it was to try to get a, 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 some sort of a commitment from the beer companies that they weren't going to raise the prices. Uh, and I don't see that that's working out too well either. So th- there's obviously a need to do something about this. But let, let's, let's talk about how this is going to roll out then. Uh, I would think that, obviously, as, and you've talked about this, and I know the Premier's talked about this, uh, convenience has got to be near the top of the list there is one of the reasons why for, for moving forward on this now. Yeah, but it's not just about beer and wine, and it's not just about choice and convenience. It's about creating fairness for the Ontario consumers. I mean, think about it. This is a terrible deal. It was a liberal sweetheart deal. You have to wonder, why are multinational corporations so opposed to us selling their beer in more stores, more grocery stores, more big box stores. That's how lucrative their sweetheart deal is. So lucrative they're fighting us to add their product in several thousand more stores. Is there any projection at this stage about uh, revenue for the the, the government at this? Uh, I mean, uh, is there anticipation that beer sales will actually increase if you make it more convenient? Well, it's interesting, the Retail Council of Canada, uh, they said that alcohol sales could result in 9,000 new jobs and add about $3.5 billion in, in uh, annual in GDP. So you've got small businesses, brewers, consumers, everybody standing uh, to benefit from an expanded market. Are those 9,000 net jobs? Because uh, as we've just talked about with our uh, business professor, uh, Marvin Ryder, uh, there are probably going to be some layoffs. I mean, let's face it, if the beer store is going to lose market share, uh, they're probably going to lose sales, and that's going to bring maybe even the closure of some stores. But it's interesting. He also, uh, if I'm correct, would have talked about the fact that distribution would now expand from their 450 stores to thousands of stores. You know, perhaps there's uh, opportunities there for for making up uh, for it in the apples instead of the oranges. I mean, the, the, this is a huge business opportunity for everybody, and we look forward to bringing, uh, the, you know, this competitiveness to all of Ontario with any partner that wants to uh, continue talking to us. Speaking of distribution costs, though, and, and again, that's something that's, uh, that one of the the, uh, the critics brought up about this, Vic, is, uh, look, at more stores means more traveling. That means more trucks going into different neighborhoods. That's going to increase uh, distribution costs, is it not? Well, think about in Quebec, if we were to have per capita, as many stores as Quebec has, I'm not suggesting we're going to open this many, but we would need 10,000 new locations just to be the same uh, per capita as Quebec, and their beer is 8.3% cheaper than us. So uh, it's telling you where the profits are. That's why the insiders will do and say anything to protect their turf. What's... uh is there anything to prevent the companies from raising the price of beer arbitrarily? Because I, I, well, I, I saw one report, and I'm sure you've seen this one too, a couple of years ago, when, when Alberta went through this process some years ago. Uh, there was actually an, an increase in the, peer, the price of beer in, the, in that province, and, and there's some concern that that same thing could happen here. Well, again, Quebec is doing it uh, with a price that's 8.3% lower than here, so they're doing something right uh, in that province when it comes to choice and convenience. So you're not worried about anything about that then? You, f- you feel that there's a, a better system in place? Now, that was some years ago, of course, the Alberta situation, uh, Quebec more recently. So obviously they've ironed some of that stuff out. 
Well, I'm, uh, you know, the whole idea about uh, about bringing beer and wine and convenience stores and big box stores is choice and convenience. What about the common criticism, and this has been going on for years, before you guys even introduced this possibility of uh, legislation, there has been some concern raised by groups like Mothers Against Drunk Driving and even in some uh, police services about the impact that this could have. More accessibility means more drinking and driving, uh, the possibility of more fatalities, etc. How, how do you measure that and put that into the equation? Well, it's interesting. Our special advisor, <coughs> Ken Hughes, was also very heavily involved in uh, Alberta's health sector, uh, and he addresses this in his report. But again, he refers back to, or we refer back to Quebec with 10,000 more locations uh, with very little difference in any statistics uh, based in Ontario. But, you know, the safety of our people, um, we continue to work with the retailers and beverage alcohol manufacturers and public health experts that in, in, you know, basically to, to ensure that increasing convenience does not lead to increased social costs related to alcohol, much the way they've done it in Quebec. Vic, what about the staff members on these stores, whether it's a 7-Eleven or a Circle K or wherever this is going to be? Uh, do you have to have a smart serve? Do you have to have some sort of qualification to be able to well, sell beer? You know, there's going to be a lot uh, of training that will be required, of course, just like uh, the, the convenience stores excellent record of selling lottery tickets, selling cigarettes uh, and other tobacco products. Uh, so, uh, you know, all of this involves uh, training and uh, safety and security. When do you see this rolling out? Obviously, you guys are heading for a summer break pretty soon. Are you going to try to get this done before you break for the summer? Oh, this will be done by the end of next week. We will legislate this, uh, pass the legislation. Should it pass, it'll be done by uh, the end of business on Thursday. Uh, busy day. I know you're doing a lot of interviews right across the province. Uh, Vic, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us again Don't today. Go anytime. You know that. Take care. That's uh, Finance Minister Vic Fideli. Uh, with that commitment from the Ford government that they're going to get this done for this summer, uh, whether or not it's going to roll out, I guess there's obviously some, some wrinkles that have to be ironed out here about distribution and who's going to do what. But, uh, boy, they're sure moving ahead on this. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.